We're going to continue our walk through 1 Corinthians today. I want to invite you to read with me the words from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. We will be looking at that in just a moment. Let's read together from God's Word. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is God's power to us who are being saved. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will set aside the understanding of the experts. Where is the philosopher? Where is the scholar? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of the message preached. For the Jews ask for signs, and the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's power and God's wisdom, because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. This is the word of the Lord. If you noticed as we walk through those words there, there's a theme of message and preaching that comes throughout it. And rather than me preaching for the next 20 minutes, I wanted you to see on display the truth of this, this passage that we just read. And so I've invited Jonathan Hogland. Jonathan, would you go ahead and come on up here? to come and share with us today. Jonathan is the leader of the Christian Deaf Academy here in Waco, the only Christian Deaf Academy in the United States. He is a graduate of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, Thank you, Jonathan. And has been involved in church ministry and deaf ministry across the nation, in Chicago and in Florida, and now is leading right here at Columbus Avenue. He is teaching in our Deaf Sunday School class and also, as I mentioned, leading in that Deaf Academy. And I want you to get to hear his story uh, today. Jonathan is accompanied by his wife, Cindy, over here, and Becky Patrick, who will be uh, helping to translate today. Uh, Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Now, Jonathan might want to point this out, um, but his words will be translated by Becky, so it will not be a male voice that, uh, that you hear. <laughs> right, I know, right? But it's still your voice. Uh-huh. Yes, right. very good, very good. <laughs> well, Jonathan, would you start by just sharing with everyone here uh, how it was that you heard the message of Christ and experienced its saving power? Well, I grew up in a Christian home in Chicago. And Chicago is a big mix of different religions. There's many Jewish people, Catholic people. Um, and there aren't many Christian churches uh, that have exposure to deaf people or have experience with deaf people. So I went to church there. And the hearing would be down below, or the hearing be up top, and the deaf would be down below. Um, 
So my um, parents are hearing. And I'm, uh, and I'm deaf, so my parents would um, take us to church, and of course it was a hearing church. So when we were four or five, Um, so from starting about five and then up to age 11, a teacher explained about Nicodemus. Hmm. And he said, he was explaining that, how did Jesus, how can a baby go back into a mother's stomach, right? To be born again. That was my question to the Sunday school teacher. (laughs) That's impossible. How can a person go back into their mother's stomach? That doesn't work. So the teacher explained about a spiritual rebirth, being born again. And that's when it really kind of clicked and God opened my eyes to see that I needed Jesus. And that was the moment that I decided to receive Christ in my life. And after Sunday school, I went to the worship service with a deaf group. And the Sunday school teacher let the pastor know about my decision and my salvation. And I saw my mom, and she had tears running down her face. And it really touched me. And my mom had been worried, how can deaf hear the gospel, the good news? ASL, of course, through ASL. <laughs> and I'm, you know, they met me where I was at and they used my language and that's how I understood very clearly in my heart and in my mind. So spiritually deaf to spiritual understanding or hearing, I became spiritually hearing and I understood with the use of sign language. So I continued to learn and um, study the Bible and now I'm here. That's right. That's right. That's a great story. I love how your story illustrates that the power of the gospel can transform and give spiritual hearing uh, even across languages. Yes. Well, so as we think about uh, uh, crossing languages, specifically from hearing to a, uh, to a deaf community, What do you think, from your experience, are some of the biggest misconceptions that hearing people have about deaf people? Well, I asked several people for their feedback about that. And some people think that deaf are, well, they can't lip read or that they can or they always assume that they can, but not everyone has that skill. Not every deaf person can lip read. There's a variety of, um... let me look at my notes here, hold on. (laughs) Help me out, Cindy. Sure. Okay. So many hearing people think that deaf can read braille. Oh, Oh, We're not blind. Got it. Okay. <laughs> think that they also think that deaf can't drive. Can't drive. <laughs> we, we can see. Yep. <laughs> or hearing think that deaf need to be healed. Hmm. And that's not true. 
John 9, John 9, verse 2, verse 1 and 2, excuse me, 1 to 3, about the blind man. You know that. There's a deaf blind man, and his parents were really worried about him being sinful, and that was the reason he was the way he was. And hearing people tend to think the same thing, that it's due to our sin that we're deaf. When I was around 14, I went to a hearing church, and there was an interpreter there, and many hearing um, people came to meet my mother, and they would ask her, is she saved? You have two deaf kids, you must not be saved, you must not know Christ. And that really shocked my mom. So her response would always be, go home and read John right. chapter 9, and come see me next week. That's right. Good. <laughs> And so then they would typically apologize after that. Good. Um, it's not a punishment. It's a blessing, really. It's for his glory. That's right. Yes, yes. Yeah, good. Is there I'm another so one glad you shared that story from John chapter 9. I have That's... many more, of course. Misconceptions. <laughs> there, are, there are many, many, many. And some people can't believe that deaf can be married also. Believe it or not. <laughs> That's my wife right there. There's Cindy. <laughs> So there you go. It's normal. We have a normal life, just like all That's of you right. hearing people. That's right. I love that you pointed to John chapter 9. It's a great story, and for those of you who might not be familiar with it, you should go home and read it. Uh, <laughs> because it's Jesus who says that it wasn't the sin of that man or his parents. Uh, it was for God's glory that he was born blind. And so, Jonathan, that is a wonderful picture of that. Thank you for pointing to it. So I know that for many years, you have been involved in sharing the message of the cross uh, in different cities, in Chicago, in Tampa, and in, uh, in Virginia. Uh, would you just talk about the ways that you have, you have preached uh, the message of the cross among the deaf community? How is that happening? First of all, um, I would go... Oh, for in Virginia. I was in my early 20s at that time. But I never thought about becoming a pastor. That did not cross my mind. Or any kind of church leader. I just went to church. Do you know Carter Bearden? Senior? No, none of you know him? None of you are familiar with him? <laughs> But he went to Baylor University okay. in the 1950s. That was a little bit before my time. <laughs> right, right, of course. <laughs> but he has some church history here in this church. Hmm. That man preached here hmm. at Columbus in the 1950s. He was born deaf. One of his kids, Ray, he's a coda, which means a child of a deaf adult, so they typically know sign and, of course, English. He went to Baylor here as well. He was an interpreter for the deaf here at this church, at Columbus. It has, uh, Columbus really has a very yeah. rich history yeah. with the deaf community. 
And so anyway, there was a deaf church set up in Virginia and in, in Washington, D.C. And that's where Ray, this man's son, asked me to help him start teaching a deaf Sunday school class. And the first time, of course, I was nervous. <laughs> but um, I had to go through the bush, so to speak. I had to really just learn by experience. Um, instead of going around that, I really had to push through. But from that point, it really gave me more confidence hmm. to know how um, God gave me the spirit to learn those skills of leadership and preaching. And he called me to continue on that path and asked me and another person about a deaf program. So I went to Southern Baptist Seminary and I studied there in the early 90s. And I became a pastor uh, and moved to Chicago and was pastor there. And then we started deaf ministry in Indiana. And we set up a deaf church in Florida also, and that's where we were most recently. And then now we're here for the Christian Academy for the Deaf. God has called us to move here to Waco. And so that was just last fall in September. So my position is pastor, sort of chaplain, I would say. Chaplain is my title, and administrator um, at the Deaf School here. And this is the only one. The only one in Waco or the only one in Texas? Uh, What do you mean by the only one? To my knowledge, this is the only Christian deaf school in the United States. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about, yeah, that's right, it's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. You've seen the need for ministry among the deaf across the nation. Would you just talk about how significant that need is? Um, How many people... Uh, need to hear about Jesus among the deaf community. What, have, what are you seeing as you think about that across the nation? So I was talking to Lewis Lummer. He's the founder of Columbus, or excuse me, Christian Academy for the Deaf. He's over there. Go ahead and wave, Lewis. He's over there video, or putting me on video right now, recording me. He found uh, some new information about statistics. So there are 36 million deaf and hard of hearing in the U.S. 36 million. And there are about 7 or 8 million deaf people who know ASL of those. And and, uh, deaf culture as well. The problem is there's less than 1% who know about Jesus Christ. Less than 1%. And the problem is that many hearing parents, they don't realize that there are deaf churches and deaf ministries. Um, They just take their kids to hearing churches and they're not exposed to that. They're not educated in that way uh, about God's word. And I consider myself really blessed to have grown up in a Christian home and to to have gone to church in Chicago. 
And that was a really rare experience for a deaf child. Others do not have that experience, it's very sad. And that's why I feel a great responsibility to share the gospel and teach them in their language to help them understand who Jesus is and share God with them. And sort of open the way so they can know who Christ is. He's the Savior. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you for sharing that. So when you first told me those statistics, uh, my heart was just broken to hear of so many people who just have never heard the gospel who are right here in the United States. Uh, this is not something where we have to travel around the world. Uh, this is a community of people right in our own nation and even in our own city uh, that need to hear about Jesus. Would you talk about uh, just the deaf community here in Waco? Uh, what, is, um, uh, what do you see around here, being new to Waco, uh, that uh, we might want to know about? Yes, I'm definitely new here. <laughs> I'm learning so far. How many are there? How many deaf in Waco? About 2,000. John says about 2,000 in the Waco area. But there are more deaf in Dallas. They have a huge deaf community, and of course, Austin as well. They have a deaf church there in Austin. But here in Waco, in the middle, only about 2,000 in our community. Do they all know about Jesus, John? What do you think? No. <laughs> I was talking with them, uh, been talking with them for a long time, this group of yeah. deaf individuals over here. And then um, we discussed the churches with interpreters here in Waco. We know of about six. But we have not seen a deaf leader teaching at those churches, teaching those deaf people. Uh, there was Brent Burns. He was a member here. He was the only one in this area. And then uh, he approached me and asked about me replacing him as a Sunday school teacher here, and I said I was more than willing because he had to move to Houston and just to continue to teach God's word to the deaf individuals here at this church. I hope that you all... Um, if you see deaf anywhere in the community, at school, at work, that you can tell them that we have a minister here. Come here. Bring them here. Jonathan, would you share how we can pray for you and the work that you're doing right here at Columbus Avenue, but also through the Deaf Christian Academy, so that um, the message of Jesus will continue to be shared and more and more folks in the deaf community will hear about his power and saving love? How can we pray for you and that work? Well, um, I'm happy that you would be praying. I would be pleased if you would pray for CAD. It's a Christian Academy for the Deaf, and it's a nonprofit organization. It's a private school that allows us to share God's word in school with these deaf children. So I just want to let you know that a rough estimate is $15,000 per student it costs to run our school. But... Parents are not required to pay anything, so it's free to those students. We rely on donors. So we just opened the school last summer, and there was one person from California, one individual who gave a wonderful donation. 
um, in order for us to hire the three staff that we have now, myself, Jane, and my wife, Cindy. But in the future, we really need more donors to help keep the school up and running so we can teach God's word to these kids. And maybe they'll become the future leaders in the deaf community to keep spreading his word into future generations. Yeah, good, good. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for sharing your heart and experience. Do you have something else you want to add? Oh, you've been teaching in First Corinthians, Josh. Um, I just wanted to think about that a little bit. In the U.S., and so here in America, we might call it Deaf Corinth because it's such a big mix. Yes. Deaf people move from different countries here to the United States, from Mexico. Uh, from Europe, Japan, China, they come to the U.S. and they have different issues. There are different struggles and con uh, conflicts that go along with that. You know, in that scripture it says, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, et cetera, et cetera, and everyone was in disagreement, but we need to take a step back. There is one body in Christ. Not deaf in hearing, we are all part of the same body of Christ. That's right, that's right. And we are spiritually deaf? Of course not. We become spiritually hearing when we hear about the word of God. That's right. It's the same uh, message of the cross that opens up all of our ears to hear about God's love and his power and grace. Would you all help me say thank you to Jonathan and to Cindy? Um, Good, very good. And we will be praying uh, for you and your, your ministry. Uh, very good. Thank you. Y'all can go ahead and have a, have a seat. Um, I hope that uh, you leave here knowing that this truth, this, this message of the cross, it, it has to be preached uh, in all different languages to all people. Uh, Paul would say in Romans, how can they believe if they have not heard? And so, and how can they hear unless they are sent? So as we now move to a time where we remember what this message is, I want you to know that uh, what we are about here as a community of people, our mission is to carry this good news of Jesus across this city and around this world so that more and more people would know the saving power of Jesus and his cross. I'm going to pray for us now, and then we're going to prepare to celebrate this message of the cross in the way that Christians have for thousands of years as we remember the Lord's Supper. So let me pray for us. Deacons, if you would go ahead and come on down, and then we will uh, we'll celebrate in this way. Father, we recognize that it is only by your mercy that we have heard this message of good news of salvation in and through Jesus. We recognize that we are wholly dependent on your mercy at work through your spirit to open up our eyes and open up our ears and open up our hearts. 
And so we ask today, would you cause our hearts to be stirred towards gratitude that we have heard this message of your saving power in Jesus. And we ask that both in Jonathan's ministry and in the deaf community and in every community represented in this room right now, every family represented in this room right now, we ask, would you cause this good news of Jesus to go forward? We ask that you would cause its saving power to be at work. And right now we ask, would you cause our own spirits to be renewed in gratitude and in humility because of the message of the cross. We pray this in the good and glorious and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.